know where this is actually going. It's going somewhere. I don't know what I have set up for this. It's this to the cloud. You see, it's been a while since I did this. Is this the intro? Um, it might be. It can be. I usually count as it in. should be something like, you know, five, four, three, two. Folks, yeah, it's not going to work, is it? I probably should have come up with an intro. It's still preseason for all of us, I guess. That's a good intro. Five, four, three, two. It's still preseason for all of us here on the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host still for another scant week or so in suburban Connecticut, Jeffrey Penarostro. And as part of my moving process, I have been trying to finish up the bottles of liquor in my house because you can't really take it with you, as they say. I mean, I guess I could, but it might be awkward to get pulled over in various Midwest states with 11 half uh, filled bottles of booze in the back of my car. So we're going to make a, a yeoman's effort to finish some things up, which has led to some odd combinations. So I went on kindred cocktails, which is usually a good way to just like plug in ingredients and find cocktails using all of them. Yeah, sometimes you get these weird like eight ingredient things that also have like Batavia rack and Suze and Chinar 70. Like, I just wanted something with rum and lime juice. I don't have those other things. But this is a mescal, rum, and velvet falernum combination called Better and Better. Originated apparently in Dutch Kills, a bar in Long Island City in Queens, New York. Uh, one of the better cocktail bars in New York, actually. It does not describe Wednesday's preseason. It does not describe moving experience, but it's a pretty good drink. And to cover, I guess, the second half of the transfer window, the preseason, we got a match preview too, even though it's still July. First off in Ohio, it's our Ohio owl, Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking? Tonight, it's a, well, first of all, it's good to be back. Good to see both of you and uh, good to be able to chat some Wednesday as we are rapidly approaching the beginning of the year, the season rather. But um, tonight, it's a double pour of James Buchanan's Special Reserve 18-year blended scotch whiskey. Straight, neat, exactly how I like it. That's uh, intense. <laughs> Just diving it's, right in. Hey, I'm I am off. I I'm off of work for a month, so I transition into a new role. And um, so every night's a weekend. Planned out, yeah. Every <laughs> night's a weekend. Nothing's planned, and that's the best part. Also working for the weekend in the DMB. It's Chris Robinson. Chris, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeff and Evan. How are you? Um, I have. A Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company. Lone Oak Farm is it's maybe five minutes from my house. It's not it's not too far. It opened in May of 2020. And given that uh, 90% of their business is outside, they've absolutely uh, gone gangbusters in the last uh, two years or so with all the restrictions. Um, and I have a sundown passion fruit sour, and it is really tasty, really good for a summer 
summer's night uh monday evening drink yeah it's, it's a good a... good good quality local beer which is uh is what everybody should be drinking i'll see what i can do about finding those in utah <laughs> good luck but for now we'll go into the agenda very simply put the shirt the transfers the preseason and the season preview and the pompey but we will start with a new kit two new kits we covered our new kit on the last show we'll have a wrap up on that later but wednesday did manage to get out their 2022-2023 kit before everton so they have got that going for them the classic blue and white home stripes and a yellow and light blue away kit that to me at least evokes the very famous 1990-1991 one which is also actually i would say it's hanging in my closet it's not hanging in my closet it is packed in a box in my garage along with every Wednesday kit except the one I am wearing right now, which I believe is the 99-2000 that I was gifted a couple of weeks ago. So I did have something to ring in the new season of shows. Well, what are your thoughts, Chris, on the new season of kits this year? The home shirt? Nah, it's fine. Like it, it has a, it's blue and white. It has a blue stripe down the middle. It keeps the, uh, it keeps the locals at bay, as they, as they say. Uh, the awaken man i love that shirt that is uh that is so damn stinking cool it's um yeah i just really really like it i want them to put it on sale and that's the most frustrating thing is uh it's sitting somewhere probably in a warehouse waiting to to go on sale and i was reading self, an self managed to get them for a concert yeah i'm sorry what um i i don't quite understand why we can't get two kits on sale but i was reading an article about how it's impacting a lot of clubs so it's not just a wednesday thing but but that wednesday yellow shirt and when they played it on uh saturday i was like yeah that that's a real damn cool shirt so the blue one the home one i, I can give or take to be honest it's, it's a home shirt one. yeah it's, it's it is shirt. what it is i can't really think of the last really interesting home shirt they've put out i guess that's a good thing in a way because they have gotten they did get a little creative you know five or six years ago with the blue and white pinstripe one although i own that one and the blue one with white sleeves although i also own that one but uh, I, I think that blue one with white sleeves was that like the 150 year anniversary yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that was probably the last one where it kind of took you a little bit by surprise you're like oh wow that, that's a bit different this one came out and i was like oh okay it's blue white and has a blue stripe down the middle. Okay, let's move on. It wasn't anything that kind of like smacked you around the face, really. Yeah, they've done some things with the stripes in recent years. I did like the pixelated one and like the camo one. And they, again, they just, it looks like a blue and white Wednesday shirt. So that's fine. Evan, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel like the, oh, I'm, I'm with Chris on the, the Awake Care, the, the change kit, by the way. I think it's fantastic. It goes together. Um, I'd like one in long sleeves, but. Either way, great kit. I think the home kit, though, it, it's so close to being like a classic look banger, but it's just missing like a few things, right? First of all, I think, you know, no, no offense to our the sponsor, host, stay, or, or whatever it is, um, but that that's just kind of a, I don't know, kind of a more modern looking logo, uh, a little bit boring, whatever. And then, for some reason, the crest, the crest having the the lighter blue with the dark royal blue or, or the darker blue. The crest has been uh, has been divisive, yes. Right. 
so so like i said it, it's super close to being a really really great classic kit but it just there's a mix like we're dipping our toe into the classic look but we're not quite going all in i think it's fine um but i think there's a lot that that they left on the table uh, could have made it a really nice one yeah for me the home kit is a home kit and actually i i, I don't mind sort of the extra detailing they put around the stripes that's something yeah kits from the 90s as well but it never quite gets to the same kind of like classic throwback look that the away kit does i think that's been a problem too in recent years they put out a lot of really good change strips uh, and this might be the best of the, the bunch i will also be buying it as soon as it becomes available and it just i think it's it harkens back to obviously a classic era of Wednesday football, but it's just, you know, it's, it's modern ish. Like it straddles the line pretty well. It just, it looks great on the field. I also get like the, the photos post-match and just kind of like, mm, it, 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 it gets you, it gives you the warm fuzzies. I think. I'm with you. I just, I just wish. Yeah. Like you, like we talked about already. So there's something about the, the light blue crest on that home kit that mm-hmm. just throws me off a little bit. So those are the kits. Let's talk about some new players that will be wearing them as Wednesday continues to be active in the transfer window. They boasted their defense uh, shortly after you last heard from us, bringing in Akim Femwo, a uh, defender from Norwich City, primarily a center half, but he can play, uh, probably play on the left of a center back three, can also play some left back. Although they also brought in Reese James as a as a left back, left midfielder, some might say a left wing back, on loan from Blackpool. So I guess we'll start with with the the most recent signing. After that, on one level, you almost look at this transfer window and all the defenders and uh, you know center back specifically that they brought in. You're like, wow. are they are they a little unbalanced now in the squad? And then you look at all the center backs that left at the end of last year and it's like no this is just this is what they needed to do to fill out the roster yeah it's what they needed to do i I do like that there's kind of an emphasis on uh flexibility on on guys that can can move around can play different spots just adding some depth um and some options so uh no shame in that i like the selections right we we didn't bring in some big bolstering guy that's only going to play center back um you know there's a lot of depth yeah, especially with Iorfa already down for treatment in like the last preseason game. Um, I think uh, Femmo continues, I think, the sort of Darren Moore League One transfer policy where he's not, you know, this is North City, it's a Premier League team, but he's bringing in a, a young player that you can actually, and this is, a, this is a transfer, I believe they did pay a fee for him, but it's a full transfer. And it's someone you can perhaps build the squad around, right? It's going to be here year over year, and you're going to get some squad cohesion. Although, as we as we saw in the Wigan game, it's not quite there yet on the back line. But the idea is you're not just bringing in this 28-year-old players that know the league and trying to sort of mercenary your way out. Like It does feel like they're still building to something a little more long-term. Yeah, what struck me, I was listening to the Darren Moore interview. It was on BBC Radio Sheffield. I only got through the first... I guess, 25 minutes or so. But one one thing that he mentioned both about um, about both players that they brought in at, tw- at 23 was he spoke at length about how much he, he is personally excited to work with both of them, grow their development, 
um, and, and kind of build them up. And he's already identified areas which maybe they can do better, which I think is amazing, really. And it's such a change in in how we have done done things in the past. The other thing which I kept thinking was we signed. You're thinking, wow, like we've got a lot of players that can play a lot of positions. But then this is also Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, and we were playing Callum Patterson at centre back last season. So I think <laughs> the more centre backs that we can have is probably the. I think they just probably go outside a few more because it, 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 there's bound to be a lot of injuries. And and actually, somebody on that radio show said, um, you know, as you look towards the holiday fixtures of last season, we came unstuck because you were playing Marvin Johnson and Callum Patterson at centre back, and that is not a recipe for a team that wants to get anywhere near promotion and um and that showed in the results right so it's um i think it's important and reese james he's he's played a couple of preseason games and he looks he looks sharp like, and he's a left back which is like wow i mean that's mind blowing wednesday signing a left back but it's it's pretty pretty good well, I think we did see, especially towards the end of last season, that Marvin Johnson started to get a little leggy. So having some cover there and someone that can play a little bit further forward too, probably, if necessary, I think gives them uh, a little bit of stability. Again, it's, I was talking with some of this today. The season starts on July 30th. They go right into two cup competitions fairly quickly. Obviously, one of them is a Papa John's trophy, and I expect you're not going to see a lot of the regular starting 11 in those games but it does come a lot of fixtures a lot of midweek fixtures with the with the winter world cup moving schedules around so the, the ability to keep players like jack hunt and marvin johnson who are a little bit older uh, a little bit uh i don't want to say injury prone but have, have shown sort of more dips in form and they're playing Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday Saturday and not giving anything back in, in talent right or in formation or the way that Darren Moore probably wants to play. This is going to be a three, five, two again, or five, three, two, whatever you want to call it wingbacks. So really everywhere you look now, they've got cover for the way they want to pull. And that takes us to the, the, I don't know, the last, the most recent signing, uh, Tariq Backinson from Bristol city. And another midfielder is an interesting choice. Because it, one would assume Deli Bashiru has had a great preseason and he looks like he's maybe growing into more of a starting midfield role. But you would assume that Vox, Bannon, and uh, Byers would be the first choice midfield three. So I, I'm curious how he's going to find playing time for all these midfielders, Chris. Yeah, the, the Backinson thing is interesting. He, um, I was reading a lot about him when he was first signed because it wasn't a name that I had, you know, been had seen or, or even heard of, frankly, before. And there was an article that um, someone that we may know, Nigel Pearson, his current manager, um, he, he spoke in March about um, about this player and he said, I'm not bothered. He's a player, unfortunately, he wants to play on his own terms. If it's something um, that... You know, I just want him to go. And it, it kind of struck me a little bit. It's like, um, it, what sort of player is he? You know, like, is he, what sort of character is he? Why is he being brought in? And typically, Darren Moore is, is brought in really good players, really good humans. Say, I think right? Mitchell Pearson and Darren Moore's approach to man management yeah. might be slightly different. 
it's, it's true, and it's 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 an interesting one. He played, you know, seventeen times for Ipswich last last year, and Ipswich opted not to not to sign him. But if you look at some of their fans online when Wednesday announced it, they said that they would have have liked him back. And again, in this interview that he did today on BBC Radio Sheffield, he um, he said something which struck with me. He said, "It's he's the size in midfield that they've always wanted." So it sort of struck me as maybe he's a different sort of midfield than you know than what we have, and he's he's going to be brought in for certain types of situations and games where it's really physical. It's that kind of Tuesday night where Accrington, yeah, Accrington, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Port Vale, yeah, all those all those cool. those fun matches we'll be covering again this year. Uh, there's one bit of news we added. So many players to the back line. Uh, Siren Brennan goes out on loan to Swindon Town. I, you know, I liked him in the bits and pieces I saw of him last year. I think the fact that they tried to find him a fairly significant loan spell right away means he's at least in their plans uh, in the near future. And they think he's medium term, I suppose. And they just think he needs game time. So, you know, good luck to him. Hopefully, we'll we'll keep an eye on that over the the course of the season. And we've seen that you know players. Come out and loan come back. There's Cameron Dawson has come back uh, from a fairly successful loan spell and back into the squad. So we'll see what happens with Brennan, but he will be a Swindon Town for the foreseeable future. And that takes us to the preseason. Uh, I'll be honest, again, I'm not paying particularly close attention <laughs> to anything past the Twitter play-by-play from people that are at the park or the official Wednesday account. Always nice to have Rayo, uh, Rayo Baiacano in the place. You know, they've had some, they, you know, they, they've tested themselves. They play some good teams, obviously. Rayo and uh, Bournemouth. And then sort of got, I guess, down to business in the last preseason game against Wigan. And Chris, you watched it. What were your thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, I, I woke up with my Saturday morning and decided that it would be a good idea to pay $6 to listen to some Wigan commentators talk about how good Wigan Athletic were. But that that's besides the point. Yeah, the, the Wigan game was an interesting one. They they uh started off really well first 15, 20 minutes. I thought, wow, you know, they're doing they're doing everything we would want them to do. Real quick passing. Like I'd noticed that it wasn't this kind of real slow kind of side to side that we've been used to over maybe the last sort of 12 or or 18 months. Went ahead through a, a really good header from Ben Hannigan, like really early in the game. And um it kind of took me a bit by surprise. It was only four minutes in, really. But um, and then after that, it was about twenty minutes in. There was a bit of a schoolboy error. I think it was Marvin Johnson did a bit of a back pass and got intercepted. And and you just think, oh great, this is classic classic Wednesday. And it just sort of went a little bit downhill after that. They didn't seem to sort of get going. And I wrote in my uh, notes, um, fifty five minutes, not really got going after half time. And that sort of continued really until ninety minutes when they rounded out with a four one loss. And it, I sort of sat there for a sort of five, 10 minutes afterwards and thought, was that a 4 1 affair result? And it probably wasn't. But you also didn't deserve, we didn't do enough to win either. It wasn't one of those games where you think, oh, wow, like how, how on earth did we lose that? It was just, I don't know what happened. But honestly, I, I, I read a lot online about that game afterwards and people were in the meltdown about only winning one game in preseason and how they've lost 4 1 to Wigan. And, a Wednesday in mid-season form, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were like, it was in like crisis mode, and you just and you know, I think I can't remember who it was. Someone posted a link to another podcast, and 
they were saying like preseason results just don't matter. Some of their clubs were training prior to going to preseason games, you know, and things like that. And you don't quite know what the, the level of energy levels were um, or anything along those lines. And it was one of those games where it's like, okay, cool. It was a good game. We move on. We'll move on as well. We'll take a short break. We come back. We'll cover preseason predictions and the start of the season proper. Welcome back. Now it's time for a match preview because Wednesday's playing a match this weekend. It's July, <laughs> but that's the thing that's happening. So take it away, Justin's notes. Pompey comes back to Hillsborough. Feels like they were just there because it was literally only a couple months ago. That would be the 4-1 win that all but uh, punch Wednesday to get to the playoffs. They drew nil-nil at Fratton Park, I think a little bit before Christmas. Uh, so we just did the whole Pompey preview. I'm not going to go through the entire list of possible reasons for the nicknames that Justin helpfully collated and then just copy and paste it into this document. Because again, we just did it a couple months ago. Their manager is still Danny Cowley. They are still generally working as a 3-4-3 with possession and short passing. You know the style. They have seen a fair bit of squad turnover in the window. Um, Marcus Harness, uh, their central attacking midfielder, who scored 11 goals and shipped in with six assists for them last year, has moved on to Ipswich. Their veteran center back, Sean Williams, has gone to Gillingham. And uh, a, a little striker by the name of Hurst that was with Portsmouth last year has not returned as of yet, although Danny Cowley has been making noises that he wants him back in the squad badly. Probably will not happen for Saturday. We'll see what Leicester City does with the younger Hurst this year. They have also had a very busy transfer window themselves. They brought in Colby Bishop up front. A 25-year-old forward from Accrington Stanley scored 12 goals and four assists, which is yeah, a pretty good goal-scoring record for your center forward from Accrington Stanley. Good in the air, so maybe that's something to watch this weekend after Wednesday's issues with marking on set pieces in the Wigan preseason game and every other game for the last few years. Uh, on loan from Ipswich is uh, Joe Piggott. They brought in Zach Swanson, a 21-year-old right back uh, from Arsenal, so maybe a uh, be a player to keep an eye on. Um, Marlon Pack from Cardiff, who I think has shown up in these previews before, a sort of you know long-term championship grinder. And I don't know if he's going to be their starting goalkeeper, but they have Josh Griffiths, the 20-year-old goalkeeper, on loan from West Brom. The notable returning players, uh, Ronan Curtis, who can play as a forward or a winger, who scored eight goals and chipped in with nine assists last year, that kind of like all-around versatile attacking player. Center back, Sean Raggart, who scored six goals for them. Again, good in the air. Uh, maybe <laughs> every time I hear good in the air, I just think bad for Wednesday. Uh, and Michael Jacobs, who is their impact sub, is an attacking midfielder, chipping in with six goals and four assists off the bench. I do find it not particularly useful to do like score predictions for the first game of the season. I have no idea what to expect. I expect something similar. I 
think, Chris, like the KG nil-nil draw with Darby last year. Or not Darby, sorry. Uh, uh, Charlton. Charlton, yeah. Another that was a shittest game of football I think I've ever had the pleasure of watching. And I, it beats it's one Wednesday for a few I, years. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think my favourite thing about Justin's notes was uh, where he wrote, the current chairman is Michael Eisner, who used to be the CEO of Disney. And he quite helpfully told us that he had a shit in his bathroom over yeah, Central he told Park, that story which I was like, like in April okay. too when we did the last video <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a very useful to a Sheffield Wednesday podcast uh, we kind of got my uh, port bail first both for the newness of the preview and because it might be a slightly easier to match up um, he did note that generally Portsmouth are predicted to finish somewhere between 5th and ninth in the table this year which I think checks out you know it's the team that has been in and amongst the playoffs or in and around the playoff places the last few years. Obviously a big club that has been in the Premier League uh, certainly more recently than Wednesday and kind of fell through the table. Uh, the, the post-Harry Redknapp hangover that happens to clubs from time to time and haven't quite gotten uh, gotten back up to the championship since. So they're, they're yeah. a team that's going to want to get off on a on a hot start and they, you know, they kind of, again, they, I felt like every time I looked at the table last year, they were like 10th. And I think they kind of want to maybe break through into the playoff paces early, get, get up to a good start, get some momentum going, but obviously Wednesday want to do the same thing. And both teams have a lot of new players in. It'll be interesting to see how they gel. I'm not going to do the, it's going to take some time for the squad to gel like we did for the first 12 weeks last year, but it's going to take some time for the squad to gel. It, it, but honestly, like that, I think Port. I mean, it's always going to be a tough game. Portsmouth in and yeah. League One is um, is always a. They're a huge, huge club, and you know you saw that the four-one scoreline. Just as I mentioned with the Wigan game, um, that wasn't a four-one game. The reverse fixture in April or, or May or whenever it was, the four, it was not a four-one uh, four-one game either. But it kicks off a stinking run of games. Like you, we've got uh, yeah. Portsmouth at home, uh, MK Dons away in the league. This is Charlton at, uh, at home, Peterborough away. They've just come down, Bolton away, and then our dreaded Forest Green Rovers to round out the month of of August. And and if Wednesday don't get off to a good start, the pressure is going to like start ramping up pretty pretty quick. So I think it will be a it's kind of probably going to be a one all draw nil-nil draw or something something along those lines but um but we'll see but it's going to be a tough game there's, there's absolutely no gimmies in this league especially Portsmouth yeah Jeff we talked about this last year on the preview pod I think and how important uh, well how important a good start for any team is at the start of a season but especially for Sheffield Wednesday a team that we know have very reasonable fans um, and after, you know, after one or two, you, you, let's say we lose this three, three nil, uh, it, it, all of a sudden the entire atmosphere around the ground, around the club, uh, is negative. And I don't think there's any way around that. So, you know, I, I don't have any off at halftime in the first game. Yes, yeah, they could. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and it's all downhill from there. And, and I, unfortunately, I don't think I've done this before, but I don't think, Wednesday fans really understand how big of an impact they really have, their attitudes really have toward the club. Uh, but, you know, from across the pond, watching on iFollow, we can see it. <laughs> so uh, open your eyes a little bit and realize, like, you know, f- first of all, if things don't go well at the beginning, let's not freak out. But 
hopefully the club understands um like we understand here how important a hot start is because we need all we need so many i'm a big vibe guy right we need so many positive vibes uh across this club and its fans and uh you know a a nil nil draw okay everyone's fine um a one nil loss okay everyone's fine but you start to talk about a a two goal or three goal difference um we've got issues (laughs) so um here's here's to a good start we've been maybe a little negative on the podcast so far we like the shirts the kits are nice but yeah no i i I, i'm only saying or talking about the importance of um a hot start but honestly i'm relatively optimistic for this yeah look at the squad they're gonna put out there on saturday right you know michael smith and lee gregory up front there are goals there yeah it's it's a fantastic squad seeing what bannon and byers can do in midfield you know will vox is the guy stepping down a level that's played well in the championship we know what the, the wingbacks offer, whether it's Marvin Johnson and Jack Hunt, whether it's Liam Palmer and Reese James. These are these are attack-minded players that can link up with the midfield and put in service for, again, two proven strikers at this level. The back line, well, we'll figure that part out later. But uh, I, I, the, the, that could be, I don't know. I guess that's the question, right? Uh, obviously, Stockdale will be in goal. Who's the starting center back three? I think you have to put Iofer in there. I mean, yeah, you put him in I with guess. one leg, right? I mean, Again, he's he's not been able to show what he can do at this level yet because he's been hurt for the vast majority of the time they've been at this level. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm really curious to see what what happens there. I don't know. They brought in so many center backs. You know, Hennigan, I think will probably be in there. Yeah, he he played. I mean, on against Wigan, he he um. He played. I mean, he scored obviously um, after a few minutes, but he he played really well, and I think he he's become a bit of a, a bit of a fan's favorite already, right? Um, so I think I think he'll be in there. To me, this game has a bit of a. It's exciting, you know. I think I think um, Darren Moore's done a great job over the last eighteen months of kind of bringing some excitement back back to this team and um, kind of a good vibe, as as Evan said. Um, it's it's a little bit to me like that. Do you remember that Bristol game in 2015 when it was like Carlos's first game, and mm-hmm. it it was un, it was a little bit unknown then. It was like, yeah. well, who are all the who are these kind of somewhat random players that he has brought in? And it kind of I remember that that first goal went in and sort of Hillsborough a little bit exploded a little bit, and then the second one and then went it was kind of um, a bit more uh, a bit more easy. Then you have to wonder whether it's kind of a maybe a bit like bit like that it's, although the manager hasn't changed in the summer like it had it did then it there has been a lot of change at this football club every year but this one um especially as well so we'll see but it's um i'm with you Evan. i'm excited about the start of the season i think this this squad is is really well built it's just i think we've all supported this team long enough to know that it's not it's never uh it's never as simple as what we think it should be Am I alone in thinking or or picking up that Chin Siri seems to be a bit less of a, a a prominent figure toward the start of the season than we've seen in the past? Like it seems like he's almost been a distraction, um, but all of a sudden we've just got all the. It, it, I guess I'll take a step back. We talk about jersey or kits coming out late. We talk about um, supporters. What, what was it? The supporters trust that got put together and didn't go well. Like it, it just feels like everything's been positive leading up to this first match rather than some distractions. And um, yeah, I, I think, I think everyone should be quite, uh, quite excited. I think the biggest news 
was this new bar that was put in outside of the stadium. And the most I negative thing was that there were not restrooms <laughs> readily available. Like if that's the worst thing that we've seen leading up to uh, the start of the season, then um, I think we're in pretty good shape. Well, you are changing. right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I think Tangier is definitely, I mean, firstly, the kit is not made by some random company, right? That, that's and it doesn't a, have his name on the front. It doesn't have his name on the front, um, which I look back, it's the first time since, what was it, 2014, 2015? And then yeah. it was Azerbaijan Land of Fire, which was also another uh, brand company, however you want to describe it, about somebody that wanted to take over the club. Um, and yeah, there's no more late night rambling statements. Which I kind of miss in some ways, um, but um, but somehow I think the the staff there have got a handle a little bit on the club. Now clearly there are always things that you, from an outsider looking in, you think, oh come on, like this is simple, simple, simple stuff. But honestly, I think it has it has stepped forward. And like you, that that fan zone or bar that they put in, although being thousands of miles away, you're probably li- unlikely to take. Uh, advantage of it is another good step forward in the this football team taking its fans somewhat seriously and developing the culture around um around around the club it's better than a giant cake ball that, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't actually a ball <laughs> we celebrate a new season here on the alzer cast the season previous yeah there's some questions the first one We've talked a lot about uh, playing Forest Green Rovers and what's happening on the podcast over the summer. So how many points will Wednesday take against Forest Green Rovers this year? Chris? Three. It'll be a home win and then a away loss. Evan? I told you I was optimistic. I'm saying all six. Give me six points. I'm going to go with four. And I'm going to go with... I'm going to go a little weird. I'm going to go with an away win and a home draw going to mix it up okay in recent seasons we've seen jack hunt and then sam hutchinson come back on free transfers so what former wednesday player will come back on a free during this season i don't even know if this is possible because yeah like chris picked the first one last okay i don't even know if this is possible because i don't know what the contract situation situation is but what about available on a free (laughs) what about westwood coming back that would be uh, surprising to most. Doing like commentary last year. <laughs> I mean, maybe just right. So we just bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Fan favorite. No, he's a, he's available on a free now. Says so last play you for QPR. So, and folks, I'm I'll apologize, but I'm sorry for Jeff's uh, spotty internet. He's uh, what are you? You're you're about to move. You kind of have a different rig, Jeff. Is that right? I do have a different rake. I still have the same internet, though. Chris, yeah, well, is, you could have uh, saved yourself there. Chris, who is uh, his your pick to come back on a free? One player I was disappointed that actually left on a left last summer was uh, Berahino. I thought he 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 was a player which, uh, I mean, he was clearly earning a decent amount, but I think he like he did all right, and it would have been one of those. Uh, useful players. You have to see how things pan out with um, these other players that they've been uh, linked to. Um, and I think if they maybe don't come off, then maybe we might see him in the blue and white once again. Yeah, he is still a free agent as of right now. I think 
no surprise here. Sometimes, you know, Josh, Josh Windes hasn't been the most fit in recent years. The dalliances with Malik Willis never really paid off. They maybe don't have as much striker depth as you'd think. So it's time for large lad from Kosovo to make his return to S6. Mm, yeah. yes, Eddie knew he was sometime in the holiday period after Lee Gregory pulls a hamstring. He's playing in somewhere in Austria right now, last I looked. Can you imagine the <laughs> meltdown if Acting New signed again for Wednesday? I think he can do a job at this level. That's all I'm going to say. He can do a job. I just worry for the uh, hashtag SWFC. That's all I worry yeah. about. Speaking of goals, uh, leading goal scorer for Wednesday this year. And how many goals, Chris? Michael Smith, he will be our first 20-goal season striker since, uh, well, as long as I can remember anyway. Um, yeah, I think he's going to... I think we looked this up at some point. He's going to do well, I think. I'm surprised he hasn't got more preseason games, but, um, but yeah, I think Michael Smith is going to... He's going to bag a few... Bag, put a few in the onion bag, as they say. Oh, you boy. Number, an exact number. 20. I'm going to go 20. You got 20 on the number, yeah. right? Yeah. Evan. Yeah, Lee Gregory, 19 for me, please. Yeah, there's only like, the problem is I, I think we're going to run into the, these are the only two choices. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Price's right rules and take Michael Smith in 21. Hey. <laughs> All right, the most important question I will ask in the preseason preview. Where will they finish in the Papa John's trophy? Evan. To review, uh, I think it's group stage and then round of 32, 16, 8, 4 knockouts. How many under 18 squads are in our group? I haven't, I don't, th- I don't think they've done the drawing yet. I saw something on uh, the club website that they, yeah, I, I'm like most people, I, I don't know and I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose if I had a guess, we'll might maybe win three rounds. Well, what's great group stage? I think we'll get out of the group. I don't even remember how the Papa John's trophy works, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> it's uh, so you're in a four team group that you play every other team once, and then I believe the top two teams go through into a round of into the knockout stages, which are one game knockouts. Sure. I also don't actually remember this, but... yeah, sure. Maybe we'll, I think we'll make it out of the group stage and then lose. In the first round of the knockout stage, how about that for for a solid answer, Chris? I couldn't really care less. Frankly, like the Papa John's Trophy to me is the most pointless games of football, and it is even one of those games where I will actively delete them out of my calendar so I know that they're not happening. It's just not a, a competition that really gets me particularly excited. Bradford uh, away on the first game, it's like. Um, however, though. If you can get Wednesday at Wembley, can you imagine the the? Uh, they would still take 40, 40 odd thousand people. Sure. I, I honestly, I think it will probably they probably won't even make it out through. Candidly, I think they'll just they would be one of those ones that they just give as much time to youth and move on. Uh, didn't that happen last year? They they, they did have to lost to uh, who did they lose to in the round of in the first knockout stage. I don't remember. It was a League Two team. I have also apparently excised it from my memory. 
Yeah, it's insignificant. That's why you pick the thoughts different in memory. Not insignificant. Final table position, Chris. I'm going to go third. Mm. Winning, winning the playoffs. I think they'll they'll be kicking around the top top three, and then it will it'll be one of those kind of we just fell short, came in third in the playoffs again. Evan, second. I true. I th- I think. Like I said, again, uh, optimistic. I think it'll be one of those seasons where we are just hanging consistently at the top and are comfortable second, maybe challenging for one. I realize I can now again predict uh, Darby to get promoted as I do or have done every year. They've been in the same league as Darby. But I just didn't know that as one of the questions. This is actually the last question. Uh, I'm going to try something different. Every year, generally speaking, I don't know, every year. Most years, I'm the high person here. Something different this year. I don't know if it's an overreaction to losing 4-1 at Wigan in the last preseason game, which in some ways was a stupid thing to overreact to, or just having seen them too many listless midweek games with the uh, Cheltenhams of the world. I'm going to go fifth. I'm going to Reserve my expectations this year. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe not. It is, after all, Sheffield Wednesday. Do we have any other business? Do we have other businesses? Yeah. Uh, Chris, wow. On our shirts, which are already out and uh, sold. Orders are closed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we, we, banked 126 shirt sales uh which get in it was pretty i was like damn like because it, like i think the numbers pre- fairly regularly like, we'll, get, we'll get over 50 i'm pretty comfortable we'll get over 50 but yeah 100, oh. over 100 yeah well when jack when we spoke about it originally back and and james said yeah i think you, you should be shooting for 100 I'm like, oh man like I was kind of sweating a bit at that point because that, that seemed so so, uh, so far away. But um, but what that did mean was uh, we were able to secure uh, the lowest price per share on on the order. Um, so what will happen is now the the company Olive and York will have placed the order with the with the factory. The shirts will come um, uh, mid mid August. I, I guess they they said they'll start being uh, distributed out. So. Um, so people will start receiving them uh, sh- shortly after that. And we raised just shy of uh, $3,000 for Jude's uh, campaign, which um, was phenomenal, really. And I, I never, ever thought when we had that kind of strange idea um, mid-May to create an Owls America shirt that two or three months later we'll be sat talking about how, you know, raised just shy of 3K, sold 126 of them. And, and frankly, they're going all over the place into places that we never even thought um would would spend their hard-earned cash on it so in times where money is tight right at this point so yeah it's 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 a it's a big success i mean we can only just say thank you to everybody that that placed an order we have had a few people um send messages and ask like is that really the last time that they'll ever be available And, and i think we'll we'll reserve the right to always bring it back i think the only caveat is that we have to we have to meet a minimum number so we can't just bring it back for one or two we have to bring it back for 
for a decent number of people wanting to to place an order. So I said, just keep an eye out, and, and if we bring it back, we'll make a we'll make a big thing of it, like we like we did last time. Uh, I I don't know if there's meetups. I assume there's meetups. I'm pretty sure Patty is going to drag himself to Football Factory, and I'm sure actually I don't know if Jamie's back from uh, England in time for the Finn McCall's meetup. But you can always go to AllsAmericans.com or check the Facebook group where we post the meetups. And I'm going to say those things again because you've been listening to episode 181 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at AllsAmericans.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers of our fellow Wednesday as Revenue of the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we add that you rate and review the show. This helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm deciding not going to do the, the little Twitter question thing at the end of the show anymore. I just run out of ways to end the show and I probably won't be here next week, but somebody will to discuss the Pompey game. And I guess they're probably playing Sunderland. <laughs>